0: Does your heartbeat feel irregular? You could be experiencing a problem with its electrical system, which sends signals through your cells to regulate heart rate and rhythm. If untreated, these irregular heartbeats, known as arrhythmias, could lead to stroke and heart attack. So, we're discussing causes of irregular heart rhythms and new advances helping patients get back on their feet. Our guest, Dr. Thomas Turnage. He's a cardiac electrophysiologist with Infirmary Health's Diagnostic and Medical Clinic. This is LifeCast, a podcast from Infirmary Health. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Hi there, Dr. Turnage. Thanks for joining us. Sure. Good morning. Good day to you. So first, for those unaware, what exactly does an electrophysiologist do?
1: Well, an electrophysiologist is a cardiologist who specializes in the electrical system of the heart, managing all sorts of arrhythmias from slow heart rhythms to fast heart rhythms. Do
0: you figure there are many people out there that don't even know that there are electrical systems involved
1: with their heart? I think there's a good proportion of people who don't. But
0: that's why you went to medical school, right? So what exactly is an irregular heartbeat or arrhythmia?
1: So an irregular heartbeat can mean several different things. An arrhythmia it just means any sort of rhythm of the heart that is out of normal from what is sinus rhythm or the normal rhythm of the heart. That can be from anything from extra beats or extra premature contractions from either the atrium or the ventricles or other arrhythmias such as atrial fibrillation or ventricular tachycardias.
0: And so what are the most common causes of this, the conditions where irregular heartbeats. symptoms of that?
1: Well, often it's obesity. Sleep apnea is a a number one contributor to the development of atrial fibrillation, alcohol, stress, and ischemic heart disease.
0: Okay, so you're mentioning a number of factors there that would be self-inflicted, so to speak. So how much control do we have ourselves of not being at risk of having this occur?
1: Sometimes we're just genetically predisposed to develop these abnormalities of the electrical system, but there are things that patients can do to limit their risk, such as avoiding excess alcohol, obviously smoking to avoid ischemic heart disease, try to manage stress as best as they can, try to manage their weight and exercise pretty routinely.
0: And so if the conditions remain untreated, what are some of the negative effects that can result?
1: Well, that varies pretty widely based upon the arrhythmia that one patient may have. But for instance, if atrial fibrillation is left untreated or undiagnosed, it's a major risk factor for stroke. Whereas if you have something like ventricular tachycardia, that could ultimately lead to death.
0: And stroke, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the leading causes of death in the country, right? It is indeed, yep. So how do you treat these conditions?
1: Well, we use a wide variety of tools. For instance, if you have slow arrhythmias where there's a block in the conduction system of the heart, we can put in pacemakers. If you have faster arrhythmias, such as atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, we can use medications such as antiarrhythmic medications as well as blood thinners to reduce your risk of stroke. And ultimately, there are minimally invasive procedures called ablations which can target these fast arrhythmias.
0: So can you tell us about how Some new advances in technology that support the heart's electrical system are helping patients reach healthy heart rhythms.
1: Electrophysiology is a a very, very advancing field. It's out on the forefront of biomedical engineering from new advances in pacemakers to where they're no longer requiring leads. They're being implanted just straight in the heart with pacemakers maybe about the size of three or four, maybe rice pellets. The ablations use all sorts of things including systems like GPS to create an electroanatomic map of your heart, target the area that is responsible for the rhythm, and then able to use a catheter which can deliver radio frequency energy to hopefully cut off that area from the heart from causing that rhythm.
0: And so it sounds like, for one thing, having a pacemaker nowadays is a lot more, for lack of a better term, convenient than it was years ago, right?
1: Oh, it's much more convenient. Even the more traditional transvenous devices are smaller, they're safer, the leads are more dependable. But as we kind of begin advancing into more leadless pacemakers, the paradigm and the traditional approach to delivering these intracardiac devices is going to shift rapidly.
0: How about, I understand you're paving the way in the Gulf Coast region for advanced interventional procedures like the left bundle placing technique. What does that involve?
1: So the left bundle is a group of tissues in the heart that is specialized in rapid conduction of the heart, and it's utilized in the normal electrical cycle of the heart. And So there is a technique that's been newly developed where you attempt to try to engage the left bundle tissue with one of these leads such that when the pacemaker delivers an impulse, it actually delivers an impulse within the left bundle to take advantage of the native conduction system of the heart.
0: And so, what about the fact that there are obviously many people living with an irregular heartbeat that are subject to one of the treatments you just covered? How common is it to have an irregular heartbeat?
1: It's very common. There are some estimates that say about 30% of the baby boomer generation will develop atrial fibrillation at least once in their lifetime. Wow. I mean, that's an eye-opening figure, no?
0: It is, it is. And so, how does that compare? I mean, is that much greater than it was, say, 10 or 20 years ago?
1: Well, I'm not necessarily sure, to be quite honest with you, but I think we're getting better at detecting it. We have better modalities to pick it up, and we as physicians and cardiologists and nurse practitioners are being more and more suspicious of patients who come in with diagnoses such as unidentified strokes, and we're looking more and more for arrhythmias as a cause of these issues. So I'm not sure that it's occurring more frequently, but maybe we're picking it up a lot more.
0: Let me ask you this. Do people in your view, people in general that is, get their heart checked on enough of a regular basis?
1: Probably not, to be honest with you. Detection should be probably started at a much earlier age than generally people think in their late 60s or 70s. And oftentimes, you know, a heart attack or an arrhythmia is the first time that they even are aware that there might be a problem. So I think general heart health and getting in with a good primary medicine or internist physician can go a long way to screening you towards these potential problems.
0: And so how often should you have your heart checked to some degree and at what age should that start, do you think?
1: Well, I think that would vary based upon your family's history, certainly by the age of, you know, 40 or 45 You should probably be seeing a physician annually, probably even earlier than that, 30, 35, just to touch base with them and make sure everything else with your cholesterol and lipid panel look okay, and maybe have a baseline EKG at that point, just to provide some bit of screening going forward, and then risk stratify yourself based upon your family's history and your other risk factors.
0: Because I know I'll hear sometimes about people in the news, whether it's well-known people, et cetera, who succumb to a heart attack or some kind of a serious blockage when it just comes on all of a sudden, they're not necessarily that old and there were no warning signs. And I would imagine much of the time, something like that can be headed off at the pass if only they had been checked on a more regular basis,
1: right? Well, that can be sort of tricky. You're sort of talking more about the plumbing system of the heart the interventional aspect of it. Oftentimes, they tie with the electrical system, but not always, and there's not always a red flag or red herring to be had. Screening should really be based upon a patient's risk factors such as smoking, obesity, sedentary lifestyles, as well as an early family history of coronary disease that should raise some suspicions, I think. Early detection is always the goal, but even a more realistic or better goal would be prevention in addressing those types of issues at an early age to develop lifelong habits that could prevent the progression or development of of blockages.
0: Sure. And so I was obviously talking there more about general heart health overall, getting back to your specialty in order to end on that note. In summary here, what's your message to those listening that have an irregular heartbeat in terms of some of these advanced treatments that are available nowadays, and most importantly, what they can look forward to in terms of lifestyle once it's gotten under control.
1: Sure. I think the message is if you think you're experiencing an irregular heartbeat or palpitations, then you should see a cardiologist or even an electrophysiologist who can accurately diagnose what the exact issue or mechanism of the arrhythmia might be. There are several types of arrhythmias and the therapeutic options available differs depending on which particular arrhythmia a patient has. I think I would say to patients there are treatments, there are good treatments, there are good procedures which have a goal of eliminating these altogether. and we're getting better and better at our abilities to both diagnose and intervene on these patients with these arrhythmias in a much safer and quicker way. After the arrhythmia is under control, most patients can live a very normal life.
0: Well, certainly great to hear. And folks, we trust you're now more familiar with heart arrhythmias and their treatment. Dr. Thomas Turnage, thanks so much again. Thank you for having me. And as the first choice for health care for the Gulf Coast region, Infirmary Health is here for you, here for life. Infirmary Health's Heart and Vascular Institute is comprised of physicians and specialists across the Cardiology, cardiovascular, vascular, and thoracic services. An award winning team providing some of the most comprehensive, state of the art heart care available across the Gulf Coast region. Please visit infirmaryhealth.org to learn more about the Heart and Vascular Institute and to find a position near you. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks for listening to Lifecast, a podcast from Infirmary Health. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wong.